0: Morning. He is risen. He is risen okay, that's pretty good. So here's my, here's my theory. The reason why we get kind of a weak, he is risen indeed, is because we don't really talk like that. Like, it's exciting. The fact that Christ rose from the dead means that sin and death are conquered for all eternity, and we get to enter into a relationship with God. That's super exciting. But when I give you news about something super exciting, typically, if you're with your buddies or your lady friends, or what do you... Your girl buddies or whatever. uh, (laughs) You don't talk like that. So, like, if I were to say, I got a promotion, you wouldn't say, you've got a promotion indeed, right? (laughs) Right? That's like, we don't, we don't talk like that. If it were with my friends and I said I got the promotion, they'd go, dude, that's awesome. Okay? So I'm going to say he is risen and you're going to say, dude, that's awesome. Okay? So here we go. He is risen. Dude, that's awesome. Sounds like a game show. A game show. Dude, that's awesome. Okay, pull the curtain back. Dude, that's awesome. Then he goes into a vat of slime or something. All right. Uh, Hey, we're starting a new series this week, and uh, if you're new to Living Spring or new to church, and Easter's kind of a thing for you, welcome. Uh, We're glad you're here. And uh, we have a a series, we're starting that's six weeks long. And uh, oftentimes, when we go to God, or we think about God, or we get into a conversation about God, we have a lot of questions that we'd like to ask Him. You see things in the news like a tsunami or whatever. And you, and you think, you know, God, why would you allow that to happen? Or maybe there's a death in the family or somebody's diagnosed with something. And you say, God, why? Why would that happen? If you're so big, if you're so loving. Why? And we spend a lot of times talking about these questions that we have for God. And, 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 and that's fine. Maybe you might say, God, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? Maybe you say, God, do you even exist? And, and, and oftentimes when I ask those types of questions, one, maybe I don't get an answer right away, and so I'm a little frustrated. Or two, maybe I get an answer that I don't like, and so that, that question still remains. And maybe you're here this morning with those same questions that have been nagging you, that have never gone away, and you say, God, why, 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 what, 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 who, 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 when, when, when? Well, God has some questions for us. And they're throughout the Bible. As a matter of fact, when you look at Jesus and you look at how he taught and what he did and what he said, you'll notice a lot of times he asks questions. When you you see God speaking through a, a prophet in maybe the book of Isaiah or Jeremiah, those were prophets, oftentimes God is asking questions. And the reason God asks us questions is because he knows we are intelligent He's created us in his image. And so he can communicate with us at a, a higher intellectual level. And anytime you've taught, if you've ever taught a little class or whatever, or a small group, or maybe you're a manager in your, in your company and you're going through a leadership training thing and you're with your team, when you're teaching, the best way to learn is to ask questions and have them what? Discover it on their own. And and that you're guiding and directing the material, but oftentimes you want them to answer the question. And and again, if you're a manager or a teacher or whatever, isn't it just an awesome feeling when you know the right answer, you know the material, and you ask the right question, and that person says, you know, it's kind of like this. And you're like, yes, they got it. That's what we're going to be discussing in the next six weeks, and that's what we're going to be discussing this morning. Because here's what I believe. If we would honestly, and I mean honestly, and this morning hopefully we can get really honest, if we can honestly answer those questions that God has for us. I, I mean, not shun it away, not go, oh, I know, the answer is Jesus or whatever the thing. I mean, if we were to really kind of search our souls and answer those questions, I'll bet even if you don't believe in God, if you would just answer his question to you, You're going to find out a lot about yourself, maybe some things you never even knew, maybe some things you knew, but you just slipped under the rug because you were frightened by what the answer might be. I also think if we were to just ask these questions and really ponder them in our heart and really kind of just dig down deep and go, all right, I'll answer your question. We might find out some things about God that maybe we didn't know before. Maybe some things that as we kind of just, he asks those questions and we go, all right, I'm going to be completely honest and I'm going to answer it. And I'll bet, and hopefully this morning, as we look at one of these questions, we'll be able to ask a question answered about ourselves and maybe answer some of the questions we had about God that now we don't need to ask anymore. See, because I think a lot of times we spend too much time up on the surface And we don't give ourselves enough credit. And even as Christians, you know, oftentimes Christians get all riled up when someone says, well, how come God this and how come God that? And we're like, oh, don't, you know, I don't know. Don't talk about God. We should say, yes, the Bible can defend itself. God can defend himself. But this morning and for the next five weeks after this, we're going to start asking questions that God asks us. And hopefully we'll be honest with ourselves. And uh, when I was uh, 11 years old, my family moved from New Jersey to California, which, as far as I was concerned, was a, a, a step up. Um, and, but, um, and anyone, you know, my brother listens to this podcast, and he lives in New Jersey, so, <laughs> sorry— sorry about that okay um but my my dad worked on wall street he was a financial analyst and uh alcohol and a bunch of other choices uh kind of brought him down and uh he gave his life to christ and so in in one day uh the alcohol his his addiction to alcohol was removed And, and then later on another day smoking was removed and then it took a longer time for cussing but hey what do you, you know you can't knock everything out in one day right and so um so it took about he had this he had this transformation and when i was 11 years old he was called to full-time ministry to become a pastor and so he left wall street we packed everything up in a u-haul truck that my brother drove he was 18 and then my dad bought an, a 1978 oldsmobile omega and um which you don't see him on the road anymore and there's a reason for that uh and, and so, and he, and, he, and, and we had CBs. And so you have a picture. I'm 11 years old. That is the coolest thing ever. I know you kids text and stuff, but to be like breaker breaker. And uh, my handle was Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> is that awesome? I was Skywalker. Cause star Wars had just come out. I'd watched it like seven times. My brother was the Godfather. Cause he was a brooding teenager. Uh, and, um, my sister was evergreen. Uh, my mom was New Jersey girl. But then when we got past the Mississippi River, she became California girl. So I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Left it behind. And then my dad was the blue knight because that was the car. <laughs> the new Oldsmobile Omega was, we called it the blue knight. And so we, had an, uh, uh, we headed out. I don't know if you ever have had those periods in your life that kind of, are, are like stamps on your life and you try to think back when how old was I and you go oh it was after we moved from New Jersey you know that kind of thing or oh that's when we had our daughter or that's when we got that puppy There, are those those things um, and no we don't dedicate uh, dogs um, we actually dedicate cats by submersion actually so um, <laughs> so feel Feel free to bring them on down. (laughs) Okay, no. uh, No, really, I I love, I love all God's creatures. Okay. So we, uh, we, um, all right. I was 11 years old, stamps on the thing. Okay, now I know where I am. So uh, I had this box and uh, it was my life savings it was a wooden box, and it had a dome top, and it was kind of like a treasure chest with one of those things. When it clicked down, you could swing the little arm down. And it, it was the perfect size to have rolls of quarters in there. And so I had saved up all my quarters and my nickels and stuff, and I had them all in a row. And then I put the dollar bills underneath so that people couldn't see them so that they wouldn't steal them. Who hides money under money? I don't know, but <laughs> for, like, for me, I thought it was just brilliant. And so... Um, so we were driving from, uh, we were in either New Mexico, Texas, or Arizona. Does it? I mean, really? <laughs> Does it doesn't matter. So, and we were driving, and uh, there was this Indian trading post. And uh, unbeknownst to me, it wasn't authentic, but it was on the side of the road, and it was one of those gift gift shops. And so we go in, and in that, I mean, honestly, I can almost remember the font on the sign. Because it was like it was like kind of medieval at an Indian gift shop. <laughs> and it said, but it was, it was like medieval, and it said mystery boxes, five dollars. And you looked at this bin and there were all these boxes individually wrapped. And underneath mystery boxes, five dollars, it said, the gift inside is guaranteed to be worth five dollars. I'm like, well, why not just sell it? The next line said, one of them is worth fifty (laughs) dollars how how can you lose i don't i don't like i don't understand i mean this is the great to 11 year old who just got off the cb and found out what somebody's 40 was uh which is cb code i mean to get a mystery box worth five dollars guaranteed and there's another box in there worth fifty dollars how can you lose and so my dad came in, and he just said, I remember, he walked right by me, and said, don't waste your time, and just kept walking. I'm like, what are you talking about, Dad? I got, I got my own money, a rolls of quarters. I got even got more money underneath that money. And we go through the whole thing. Like I said, don't, don't do it. It's a waste of money. And I said, you bought an Oldsmobile Omega. <laughs> and now you're going to tell me about financial stewardship? I don't think so. I think I, think, I, I, think I can get the $50 one. So I reached in. Because you don't want to just grab the top one, right? You know it's not there. So you reach in. You get it. I got my box. Everything's ready to go. I paid for it. I get it. They put it in a, they, they wrap it. They put it in a bag. We, we get into the U-Haul truck. My brother, you know, get in. You know, he, he goes. And we start down the road. I open the box. Right? Turn in your Bibles to Luke 24. Listen. There are some people here who don't come to church a lot, okay? We're going to keep them interested, all right? Okay. Luke chapter 24. We're going to get back to that story in a minute. We're going to tie it all up, trust me. As you're turning to Luke chapter 24, if you have a Bible, great, you can use it. There might be one in the chair. If you don't, no problem. All the verses are going to be behind me. But what's going to happen is uh, I'm going to share some of this scripture, and we're going to look at what God might question to us. The question he might ask us, and and then we're going to try. We're going to go back to my story, and we're going to try and find an answer. And then we're going to look at another scripture to see can we honestly answer this question that God has for us. I mean, if we're really honest with ourselves, can we do that? And then at the very end, I'm going to ask you to make a decision. And and for some of you, that might be really uncomfortable. I, I you might make a decision. To not pursue something that you've been pursuing. Some of you might make a decision. You know what? I think I'll stick through the whole six weeks. And just see what happens. And some of you this morning might make a decision. To follow God for the first time in your life. And you might look back on Easter 2011 and say. My life was radically changed that day. Because I came into a relationship with the risen one Jesus Christ. And so. I'm excited for us. Let's, let's look at Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, we'll hold up right there. Let me just kind of paint what's going on here. These women had spent three years with Jesus, and they'd seen him do some crazy things. They'd seen him heal the blind. They'd seen him uh, uh, heal a paralytic by just going, get up. They'd seen him feed 5,000 people from a basket of bread that should have only fed just a few. They'd seen him uh, go to people who were unclean, these lepers, and just speak a word and they were clean. They saw his power, but they couldn't figure out what he was doing here. They thought he was the Messiah, the one from the Old Testament that they read about that was going to redeem Israel. And to them, that meant do away with the Romans. It meant, oh, we could be free and we could have our land back, this land flowing with milk and honey that was promised to us in the Old Testament. And and so this kind of, Jesus began this kind of grassroots effort of just healing people. You couldn't deny the miracles. And the way he spoke, it says in the Bible that he didn't speak like other teachers. He spoke as one with authority. And so there's this kind of buzz and they're thinking this is it. And and it kind of amps up it amps up and it goes to the Passover where everyone's going into Jerusalem and they have this this parade for him and they're screaming, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. This is it. God save us, essentially, is is what they were saying. And then he died. And their world was completely turned upside down. I don't know if you've ever gone through something like that. You're in a relationship or something. I mean, everything's going great. You got the job track right online. You got everything going. Everything seems to be going great. And then, and then bam, it's done. And we usually at that point question God. We say, God, why? Why'd you allow me to get my hopes up? Why'd you allow me to marry that person? Why did you allow me to have a kid who turned out this way? Why did you allow me to get that job? And why did you allow them to go bankrupt? And why, 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 why? And God says, I've got a question for you. And if you're willing to answer the question, we might get a little closer together. And so these women get to this tomb and it's empty. And you got to understand here, to a Jew, uh, you know, what? they put guards at the tomb. So if they get there and there's no body and they're the only ones there, you know, have, I don't know if you've ever get, gotten to like a crime scene or an accident and you like kind of get there and then the police show up and you're like, I didn't do any I didn't have anything to do with it. You got to understand this is where they're at. They're like, there's no body. What? And all of a sudden, two men show up and they're gleaming and it's like, oh, and so what they do is it says, in their fright, the woman, you probably got it behind me, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men... Said to them, and here's the question that I believe God is asking all of us. And I think this is the question we can begin to ask ourselves on every decision we make. And every path we begin to go down. Every time we begin to search for meaning and purpose in life. Again, whether it's relationships or whatever. Because here's the thing. When we look around and we see people making choices... We kind of know at the time they're not the right choices to make. I get I get uh, tweets from CNN on their updates just because it makes me feel young and uh, I feel like I'm in the know. And and so one of them just yesterday or the day before said that, you know, Lindsay Lohan got 120 days. uh, And, you know, and there's something that feels good about going. Yep. All that money. And still making bad decisions you know it's easy to do that we can look at different relationships where we see a couple get together and everyone around them is going oh that'll never work and then it doesn't work and then we go mm-hmm. there's something that makes us feel good about that or maybe it's just me and i should stop being a pastor i don't know right <laughs> but why is it when it comes to us and we begin to make a decision like buying a mystery box Because in one of those things, there's 50 bucks, I just know it. Or starting a relationship, or taking that job, or making that investment, or talking about yourself in that way. Why for us, do we miss it often? Why, Why for us, when it comes to ourselves, we think we got the system beat? Here's the question that God wants to ask you this morning. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you, why are you searching for something alive, something among the dead? Now here, we're going to get to what they were actually looking for. But this is the question that we're going to begin to ask ourselves. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why search for dead things? See, the thing is, I could sit here in a group of this size and I could say, you know what, if you work too hard, you're going to end up losing your family. And everybody would say, I I know, I I know. uh." And yet people work too hard and lose their family. I I could tell you, look, if you're married, you should probably have some boundaries in that, in those relationships and not be pursuing other relationships. That's bad for the marriage. And everyone would go, oh, I'll tell you. Yeah, right. And then people start flirting. If I say, hey, you know what? Self-promotion and trying to just get meaning and purpose out of of gaining more and more and more, it's not going to satisfy. And everyone goes, yeah, I know, I know. And yet we do it. And the question God has at every transaction with your credit card, at every beginning of a relationship, God has this question that if we were honest with ourselves and could really answer it, he says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Those are dead things. Now watch, it goes on because this is the beauty of it. He says, he's not here. He is risen. See, they were looking for a dead Jesus, but it's like Jesus was alive, and we do the exact opposite. We look for life in the dead things, and it's the same resurrection That gives us freedom, that gives us meaning, that gives us purpose, that gives us something outside of ourselves. He says, he's not, they say, he's not here, he's risen. And then he goes, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee? Now listen, if I talk to you guys, and some are older than others, whatever, and you predicted your own death, okay? And you said, you know, I feel kind of weird. I don't think I've got much longer to go. And, And like in three weeks you died, everyone would be like, wow, that was pretty amazing. He like, told me he was kind of going to die. That's cool. I, there are probably a few people who can do that. But predicting your resurrection, that's something. Watch. He says this. Son of man, he said, as he said in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered up into the hands of sinful man, be crucified on the third day, and raised again. And they remembered his words. Something click. Like, oh, Yeah we shouldn't be looking for dead in christ we should be looking for alive and see it's that same thing when we begin to just head down a path that we know isn't gonna work god has this question why are you looking for life for meaning for fulfillment for purpose for something that goes beyond you why are you looking for the living among the dead you know it's not gonna work so i open my box we were like half a mile down the road and it's empty. Yeah. Empty. <laughs> like I was looking for well, maybe, maybe what they really want you to do is search. Like the person who searches will get the $5. It was empty. The whole premise, the whole sign and the, it'll be worth $5 and there's one for 50. The whole thing was a sham. That's the first thing I learned, okay? The second thing I learned was that my dad knew it was a sham and had already warned me about it, right? So I got on the CB, you know, and I'm like, hey. Kr-. My dad's like, nothing in the box. There was... So, there... No! You know what? So I learned that. The whole thing was a sham. My father had warned me. And the third thing I, I knew, because when you open a box, you go, you know what? I, I knew. I knew there was something wrong. Have you ever done that? Have you ever like... But you just... There's that desire to just get it, to make it, to have it. To, 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 and, and you just... You put aside... The fact that it's upside down and you know it. The fact that your heavenly father is warning you. And the fact that, yeah, when it goes south, I I probably should have known. That is what Christ wants to redeem in your life. That's the question. See, answer the question. Oftentimes we go and we say, uh, um, you know, we, we go into that situation that we know is wrong. It's a mouse click away. It's a, it's a statement away. It's an action away. It's something away. And we go, uh, and God says, why do you look for the living among the dead? And the answer we give is, yeah, I know I shouldn't do that, but that's not the answer to the question. Yeah, I know I shouldn't. It's not the answer to why are you looking? What, What are you trying to find? And see, that's where I feel like if we would really look at ourselves when we reach for that drink, when we we go to click the mouse, when we go to talk to that woman or that man, ask yourself, why are you looking there? And I think the answer is going to scare us sometimes. Because we enter into a relationship that we know isn't going to work. It's unhealthy. All of our relationships have been healthy. We need to get serious baggage taken care of in our life, but we're going to do it one more time. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And when we go to answer that question, we go, because I'm afraid if I don't have this relationship, I'm not going to get anybody and I'm going to spend the rest of my life alone. You've just placed yourself in a position for God to speak into your life. The, uh, I know I shouldn't. It's just this last time. Uh, You you know, I've always been kind of crazy. That is not going to put you in a position to hear from God. Answering the question will put you in a position to hear from God. And so you're on the internet and you're going to buy something and you know you shouldn't buy it, but you really, 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 really want it. And you know, okay, and there's something in you. Ah, it's probably not going to be what I want. And, uh, uh, and I don't know if I can deal with the thing. And, and it's like God right then says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? And you say, I can afford it. And he says, that's not the answer to the question. Why are you looking for meaning and purpose in things? Or you're at work and the, the promotion comes up and you know it's between you and somebody else and you want to go into the boss and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm just saying that she, I saw her sleeping on her desk the other day and the whole thing. And the, you want to you just force it to happen, but there's something, it's your heavenly father going, why are you doing this? And you say, well, I, you know, I, you know, I deserve the promotion. It's not the answer. Because I'm afraid that if I don't make it on my own, if I don't push it myself, no one's going to watch out for me. And I'm going to miss out. That's what I'm afraid of. And your Heavenly Father looks at you and says, Awesome. I can work with that. See, here's the thing Mary, when she went to the tomb, was expecting death. She was expecting to find all her hopes and dreams. She was expecting, well, huh, I gave three li- years of my life, follow him around, worship him. Heck, I even spent a bunch of perfume on the guy, you know, I, you know, find, I, I, you know, whatever. And because it was Jesus instead of death, she found life. See, the whole premise of finding meaning and purpose in the promotion, in the relationship, in the money, in the moving to another place, and all this kind of stuff. The whole premise is wrong. It's an empty box. But we know that. We just think, I'm just going to take one more gamble. I'll get the one with 50 bucks in it. And again, and again, and again, we get disappointed. And if we would just stop and listen to our Heavenly Father, who's saying, why are you looking for the living among the dead? And if we would be honest with ourselves and ask, answer that question, we would find life. So Mary and they they go to the, they go to the tomb, empty, they just have their spices or whatever, and Jesus isn't there. And this is the way God wants us to approach him. This is the way God wants us to come uh, enter into this relationship with Christ, going, God, I have nothing. I've opened up all the empty boxes. I don't think there's one with 50 bucks, but I'm willing to take that step and just say, I trust you. I'm going to do it a different way. And that time between about ready to make the decision to put your credit card down or about ready to make that statement to enter into a relationship with someone or that time when you're just about ready to do something you, you, you almost know you're going to regret and the time you say no, that's called faith. And, and that decision to just go, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to search this way anymore, these dead-end paths. And the Bible says, by faith, you are saved through grace. See, God snatches that moment of faith and he redeems it. And he says, yes, now I can use you. Now I will extend my grace to you. You're not worthy. You've made a whole bunch of mistakes. Every time I ask you questions, you try to get out of it. But today, right now, is your, is your time. I want to show you um, uh, what Jesus said in Matthew 16. Because again, Jesus just says, forget the sham. They're all empty boxes, guys. And he says this, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. See, watch what happens when we begin to ask ourselves the question of why am I searching for the living among the dead? So there's a relationship. I know it's not going to work out, but I think I I don't want to be lonely. And God says, why are you searching for the living among the dead? No offense to your date, but, you know, whatever, right? and, and you're really honest with yourself. And you say, because, God, I don't trust that your way of one man and one woman for life, I think it's old-fashioned, and I'm afraid that if I don't do this, I'm not going to have any fun in life. And God goes, oh, I got that covered. If you're willing to give that up, I'll give you something way better than that. Or you say, well, if I don't get the promotion, then then I'm around a lot of people who are really doing well. and They might leave me behind. And he says, oh, if you're willing to put that down, I got something way better. I have a self-worth that's not going to matter about your circumstances. You say, but, oh, God, I'm afraid that if I, if I give up this thing, if I give up the party, and if I give up this, then I'm not going to have any fun. And he says, don't worry about that. I got that. You know how he said it? He said it this way. If you would just seek first, make your number one priority, the kingdom of God and its righteousness, all those things will be added to you. You're like, really? Partying and money? It's like, no. What you were trying to search for when you were searching for the living among the dead, you'll get it, all of it. People to support you, healthy relationships, financial stewardship, meaning and purpose outside of our circumstances. The Bible calls it peace. That doesn't make any sense. That's what he says. Watch Paul put this into practice. Paul was an apostle. He came after uh, Jesus had died, and he he lived this, and so he wrote some letters to some churches, going essentially, guys, it works. It totally works. Do it. Don't go after that other stuff. I'm, I'm doing it now. And let me tell you, you're going to love it. Finding meaning and purpose through Jesus Christ is the only way. He wrote all these letters. And here's what he says to this church in Rome. He says this. Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death. And again, we go, death? That's more than $5 for a mystery box. Right? My entire life. Now watch. This is so cool because it ties right in with Easter. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life.